Well, welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. And thank you again, thebrookengame.com, for hosting us on your website. Brian. The how about, how about that timing? Oh, my God. You're on top of it tonight. I mean, we are on top of it. The team is on top of it. The team is on a win streak. The Nets are back. Woo! Uh, thank God. Yeah. Because this podcast is going to be bleak. Wow. We um, needed that one. We really needed that one. On this pod today, we will be talking about the Nets' sole win of the season, uh, whether the team needs to <laughs> blow it up, and... Wait, wait. <laughs> It goes on forever. Um, <clears throat> and we'll do news around the league. And then do you have a killer or not this uh, No, no. Nah, we'll hold off on that until they get two wins in a row or something. Yeah. Right? Ooh, good idea. Yeah. Celebrate. A little, little <laughs> carrot at the end of the stick for that team. Yeah. Um, so as we were talking <clears throat> and discussing about kind of what pod we would be doing this before the Rockets win, we're recording this on a Thursday night. And uh, we were talking about it, and we were thinking, okay, what are we going to say? Yeah. It was already so bleak. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the topic that we were going to talk about, and we still will, is uh, is it time to already change it up? But let's first talk about the the Rockets win. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Let's not skip over the good stuff here, Smells. I mean, and, and you know, so so I don't want to, like, we can't go crazy about it. I mean, they're one in seven. They were the worst team in the league besides the Sixers to start the season, maybe even worse. Um, but they went into Houston against a really good Rockets team and got a totally legitimate win. It wasn't an Eastern Conference finalist Rockets team. It smells not just really good. Yeah. One of the best. One of the best in the league. So the Nets <laughs> are now, if the championship belt is being passed around. Yeah. The Nets are just right up there with everyone else. I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't know how to, how hard to sell it or how hard not to. I mean, it feels like a really good win. It's a, it's an ice breaking win, a necessary win at a time where it really just couldn't have happened any sooner. Um, and, you know, throughout the course of the game, you know, while I had my misgivings about the same things that I normally do, i.e. your, your Jarrett Jacks, your Lionel Hollins, a couple of really nice things to be, you know, to be, uh, happy with. Well, there's a one, so Larkin obviously was a big, had a big role. Larkin was is huge. all of a sudden just like can just pull up, you know. Well, first of all, his his jump shot is a very high jumping jump shot. It's a really it's a really nice jump shot to watch. I quite like it. It's a small man's jump shot. It's, a, it's, a small it, man's it's what a small been. man has to do to, <laughs> to survive in the See, NBA. If I had that, I could have in the land of dinosaurs. I could have lasted a little bit longer. Um, the small man jumps the tallest, but so he had a big role. But in the fourth quarter, there was the classic Holland substitution, where then Jared Jack comes in. You take out Larkin. I and mean, you totally get it at the time it's because Larkin was probably extremely tired and had shown, I think it was around what the four minute mark and he had shown that he was kind of running on fumes at that point. The Jack came in and played pretty well. Uh, he played okay. You know, I don't love that, but yeah. Uh, Joe Johnson was great at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, especially on the possession where he came down, kind of muscled his way in and then passed it out to Boyan for pretty much the dagger three that won the game. Boyan looked good. Boyan, Boyan looked good. And sort of what was what was big about this win was that one, it was the first, mm-hmm. and that's always important. But they won it because their bench was so good. Um, I had looked back. I think the past two games, I think it was either the Lakers game or the Bucks game. The bench scored nine or fifteen points total in the whole game. Yeah. Um, I think that was the Lakers game. 
not going to win many basketball games in the and National Basketball Association yeah. when your bench contributes 15 points. I think also when you get to, you know, 0 and 7 and everyone circles you on their calendar as a team that's, you know, a guaranteed W, if at some point you, you know, present a, a formidable challenge to them, um, there is a, a tendency for that kind of team to overreact and want to just shoot themselves right back into the game and, and win. And it's to our, almost to our advantage at this point. Like, you know, us being, you know, really bad. <laughs> it's, it's a huge advantage. <laughs> it's a huge advantage. But no, I mean, I saw this in the, I mean, Houston is not a disciplined team by any measure and, uh, kind of the perfect good team to play at that time because, you know, you, you don't want to lose to the Nets at, at all. And, um, they're the kind of team that doesn't play a particularly conservative brand of basketball. And so, uh, you know, the wheels stayed off throughout the, throughout the contest. It was really, I mean, I can't, I can't tell you how pleased, how nervous I was, by the way, in the last two minutes. My, I was sure that this thing was not going to happen. And I think because of the bench, how well that they, they sort of did in the game. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, but like, so, I've always kind of felt, even though this team has been one of the one of the worst, if not the worst, team in the league so far this season, them being the Nets. Well, come um, on, Philly hasn't won yet. Come on, we got that. Yeah, going. but you know, I felt there is a layer of competency competency with this team. I mean, there's something there, not nothing great, but that there's Brooke yeah. and Thad and Joe and Jared Jack is a, a professional basketball player in in some realm of possibility, um, and the bench has ability to be good. Uh, what was great about this game is that you had that layer of competency, competency, and then you had the, the really good performance from Boyan, really good performance for Larkin. Thomas Robinson had like a, like the four possessions in a row where he blocked a shot, got a rebound, stole the ball, had a breakaway dunk in the fourth quarter that was just like, you know, and Thomas Robinson, I think right now in my power rankings of guys I like mm-hmm. on the Nets, he's probably three. Yeah, sure. Bargnani's number one. <laughs> really, there's no question still, about that. Still inspiring, yeah. Still exciting, yeah. Um, Rondé House Jefferson. Now it's becoming not that much fun though. Yeah, to like him because it's just too much. Too I much think fun. that you know, if if you're looking for <clears throat> a sort of theme to ride through, at least in that game, I what appeared to me was like we, one ability that we have, and this is going to sound like a real shit to your ability, but uh, like I noticed a propensity to make. Good plays out of broken uh, basketball, basically screwed up basketball, ugly. Uh, so we just have guys that like have a nose for the ball when there's a broken play. Like Bogdanovich knows what to do when the yeah, play's broken. Really Thad Young knows what to do when the play's broken. Thad uh, Young's like the king of that. Yeah, at this point, that's, I mean, that's his go-to. He, yeah. It's his bread and butter. Um, yeah. So like you know, it's not. It's certainly not. You know, the desired effect is not to oh like screw up an offensive play and then score. You know, that's. <laughs> How, totally how, do you new for, strategy. how do you plan for that? But, uh, <laughs> but it worked out last night, so I don't know. <laughs> it's great. No, and, okay. And so, sort of like, again, with the whole conversation that we were going to have on this podcast before the game was that, you know, like, does this te- team need a change of direction? And if so, what is that direction? That was sort of the prevailing thought we were trying to get out of this. And we're, <laughs> and if they don't win that Rockets game, it just continues down this line of like, wow, will this team ever get a win? Because the schedule is insane in November. I mean, it's just disgusting. It's been insane. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. And, um, but now the one win really does alleviate so much stuff. I mean, I have some stat. Like I was looking back at last year, which teams started off slow. 
the Celtics were four and ten after November last season. Mm-hmm. Celt- and then obviously they made the playoffs, and now they're a good team. Good team. Thunder five and twelve after after November. Jazz were also five and twelve and finished with thirty eight wins. Now they're all different, right? They're sure. all Jazzy young team with a lot of talent. Thunder had injuries and continued to have them through the year. And then Celtics were again sort of a young team, but then they got pieces in Isaiah Thomas and players got better. Sure. Um I like that that you went back and did that though. That's that's good of you. So there is like a thing like we all have to just pause for a second and wait and see if like all these trends that the Nets were on are gonna continue. My my inner karma fanatic is really pleased every time I see a uh like a uh, a post on a Celtics blog about what the EA prospects are, Love the it. draft prospects. Love that stuff. Keep it coming. Keep that, that only coming. helps. Yeah. Yeah. You you want to like put the karmic universe on on blast like that, you're going to get it. You're and gonna... if you're going to be like, if you're going to talk about the karmic universe, if we're going to be karma yes. police, shouldn't really the Nets have the karma? Because what the Celtics did was they traded the greatest player of that generation in their franchise, Paul Pierce. They just mm-hmm. shipped him away mm. to a division rival. Wow. If you want to well, call that feeling, Celtics is, rival. Is this the curse of, of Pierce? The Pierce curse? So so really like why should any karma be at all on the Celtics side? What mm-hmm. if what have they mm-hmm. what have they done to deserve any of it? So let's let's especially, get the karma back on the next side for a second. Know, and there's kind of themes there working with leprechauns and luck and there's gotta be something to We'll come full circle with that eventually. And in our age, leprechauns were only evil creatures besides cereal. I mean, uh, <laughs> what was that leprechaun the movie? The movie was called Leprechaun yeah. with Jennifer, An- <laughs> with Jennifer Aniston. She was in that. Um, and then there was Leprechaun 2, Leprechaun in the Hood, which is even better. Yeah. Um, with iced tea. I think you've seen those. Yes. I have not. Yeah. Well, I've seen them all. I'm seen afraid of. Everything you cannot everything. be afraid of the leprechaun. That's not. I'm afraid thing. of pretty much every movie. Possible. Really, you're would even be in adulthood afraid of. You have to see how stupid this movie is. Really dumb. No, no, I think I could in adulthood. Growing up, yeah, it was obscene. Like I couldn't watch previews for some things. Like wow, Mikey had to close his eyes. My little Mikey. Um, so great win, excellent win. Yeah, probably gonna go to the playoffs. Question: um, Does this team need to change of direction? Well, here tell you what. This, I can go back to the mailbag. I gotta make a mailbag drop now that we're now that we're talking about this. Um <clears throat> Thanks, by the way, again, and always to everyone who who writes into to Netspod at Gmail. You guys are I just gave Brian a thumbs up as like Yeah. Good good, good smooth yeah. co hosting there. Yeah. I call you a co host, I'm I'm the host. It's that's fine, I know my role. Yeah. Um so Adrian uh Reichner, wait, 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 sorry, hold up, hold up, Adrian, I, I did you wrong there, I just did you dirty, this is Adrian Reichner, thanks for writing in, Adrian, uh, he wrote me a really um, verbose, very nice thing uh, for me to read while I'm on the toilet, and I did just that, Adrian, but I'm going to parse what you wrote here and uh, summarize it in that um, this one question is, how many chances is Billy King going to get to rebuild? Um. So, do you want to you want to answer that? Because I, I mean, we talked recently on on the G chat, and I said that you know, smells. You know me, right? Yeah. I keep my ear to the street. I keep my fingers on the pulse. Uh, I'm just always looking to kind of, um, you know, understand the spirit of the people, and what the people are telling me, they don't like Billy King. They don't like what he does. Yeah, it seems that way. Yeah, that people don't seem to enjoy so his brand of basketball for me i'm not saying that this is something that i think is you know better for the the product or because i think you know 
throughout the course of Billy King's, we've always tried to take a very measured approach to Billy King's tenure here, haven't we? Yeah, and, and, and I think that's also because we realize how futile it is to even kind of think about change. Yeah. Because, like, Maybe. well, that's how I've always thought of it. Just, like, mm-hmm. we try to be measured partly because, well, one, the move, the Pierce Garnett, like, bunch of picks trade. Again, and Devin wrote this this week, it was defended pretty well at the time. People thought the Nets had made a really solid trade. Look, I've been, I've been beating that drum for, for a couple years now. And, uh, and still people don't want to, don't want to hear it. I mean, and there was other, you know, there were legitimate errors throughout the way, you know, the, the Gerald Walls deal and, you know, so on and so forth. And, um, so I would say you could go 50-50 on it. You could say he's bad and, I mean, it's easy to, to look at the product now and be like, that guy deserves to be fired. But we also know that there's a fair amount of politics that go into the whole thing and we don't know exact details and we don't know who's doing what, but it seems to be, you know, an accepted fact that a lot of these decisions were made by people above Billy King's head. Right. So, exactly. Here's my only point to this. The people are bored. The people are very, um, distant from this team right now and they've got a, one way or another, they've got a PR problem and it becomes, and it's, and it's Billy King's problem. And it sucks that that falls to him and maybe it's by design that it falls to him, but it really he's the head on the chopping block at, at present. And the huddled masses want to see this guy go. So, uh, if you want to inspire some kind of hope going forward, if you want to engender some kind of, you know, sense of community around this team from management to, to the fan base, I think Billy King is the guy that, that's gotta go. And again, you know, from, from our point of view, I don't know that it necessarily helps or hurts or whatever. I mean, it couldn't hurt that much. It couldn't help that much. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's not a lot of like room in either direction that you can make, but it would get the fans back on board. It's an interesting thing because uh, yeah, it would not, uh, it wouldn't hurt to get rid of Billy King. And that's not a great thing to say about, you know, GM or whatever title he holds within the organization. But, uh, I am just so negative in terms of what this team, who this team could get to run the team. And what they would even believe that they could do with it. That I'm almost, I'm almost at the point where it's just like, firing Billy King would make the team look and the franchise look dysfunctional. Firing mm-hmm. Lionel Hollins would do the same thing. Yeah. The, the, even just the veil or the mask of it being like, this franchise at least is a stable franchise in that sense. Yeah. Is worth keeping. Yeah. And I, and I, <clears throat> and I agree with that too, but, um, but yeah, like I'm saying, like the resentment for Billy King, it's huge. I mean, it goes it, deep. And, and I even, we even get a little bit, a little bit of it on Twitter, as everyone does. Cause it, it seems like we may be pro Billy King, which I, I, I can't say we are. We're just like, again, as you said, we're, we're people who believe, uh, I don't know, that, that, that like bashing Billy King every day is, one, it's not that much fun of a podcast to listen no, to. Like, no, it's not what great. do people want to hear? It's not great content right there. Um, yeah, I don't, so, like, so the question is, like, would you, would, does this team need to go in a different direction? My counter question to that is, like, what direction could they even possibly go in? Mm-hmm. And change for just change's sake won't do anything. I mean, the thing I would most love to see possible, I mean, again, they got to win. It's exciting. Great. But what I would most love to see is some Joe Johnson trade, but I just, that's just not going to happen. It is so unlikely that Joe Johnson will get traded. Yeah. Here, here's another thing too. I mean, like, and Adrian's got a point here because we're about to enter. I mean, this offseason will be 
probably a formative one for us. Um, and given if 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 Billy King is given one more season, you know, if he's extended and uh, he he goes and and you know it performs as a GM again, this will be his rebuild an, another time, another rebuild. If you don't can him this summer before any of the decisions decisions are made, um. That's a that's a guy that's rebuilding again. So well, okay, I'll, a little bit of a, t- a twist on this, but is that uh, the moves that Billy King does well are these sort of like fringe roster moves where he brings on a guy like Thomas Robinson or Shane Larkin, and they end up doing well. Um, little simple trades like that, he ends up doing pretty well in. Yeah, the things that he does poorly in is when he has draft picks, and then he ends up just throwing them away. Yeah, like you know, candy on November fourth. <laughs> Nice. You like nice. that? Nice. I like um, you could have gone through one through three. No, but yeah. the fourth is when no, you get, get rid it. of the candy. That's the... You get rid of the candy yeah. at the fourth. <laughs> That's classic ca- candy get rid of day. I hear you. Um, so like he really, like what, what could he really screw up? The only thing he could really screw up with this team is he signs a free agent next offseason that is, uh, all the signs are there. Like if he signs Andrew Bynum for, you know, four years, $80 million because that's the only guy that's available, which you could get right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't, I just, getting rid of Bill and King, I really don't think that's going to change things around. The only way is that, like, if you get, you somehow, like, strike and you just find, like, the next RC Buford and, like, you just mm-hmm. find that guy. And be, but that's what every team's looking for. Sure. And it's not happening. No, I don't think so. So, but, I mean, again, he's got a point. Like, I personally would, would probably like to just just for the sake of the podcast, just to see another guy at the helms this summer going into free agency. It would just mean it would mean what more conversation, different. And I actually think so. That's a real possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's actually how sports operate. Sports franchises operate more so on what the fans' sentiment would be, and sort of momentum and marketing, marketing, marketing. Mm-hmm. Less so, sports are actually run by. What's the good thing for the team? It's more about, you know, like, can we create a little bit of interest? And especially with the Knicks doing kind of well and very sadly are having glimmers of hope all over the place. This Porzingis character looks like he's going to be good. And that's sad. And they don't, the Knicks fans do not deserve Porzingis no. because they hated him. Hate they him. hated him for the moment. Melo hated him for the moment he was drafted. Yeah. He was bashed consistently and now he's, he, it's shown that he was worthy of the pick. Well, that's because Knicks fans are always wrong about everything. And so, you know, do they deserve to be right? No, of course not. But it's a good indicator that they're always wrong about everything, even the good things. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe Phil Jackson will screw this up in some way, trade Porzingis for. DeMarcus Cousins. And sure. then DeMarcus Cousins will get grumpy and sure. blah, blah, blah. Um, Do you want another question? Yeah. So, uh, Chaboy. Wait, give me the drop. Give me the drop. Give me the drop. It's Chaboy Mike Williams. Mike, thanks for writing in. Um, <clears throat> so he says, hey, glue guys, killing it as always. Mike, you're killing it. Not you. Mike Williams. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. Um, Anyways, he has a nice little note, but he says, my question to you guys is, what skill do you want to positively encourage any specific net on this year, on this year's roster? So basically, he's talking about how, I like uh, that question. Brooke is not getting enough boards, yada, yada, yada. I was like, what, that would be the skill that he wants him to develop. Do you have a player in mind that has a skill that maybe is missing from their repertoire that you would want them to 
to work on. <laughs> like, just go off the list. Like, J.R. Jack's <laughs> shot selection, Wade Ellington's ability to handle a basketball. Oh, boy. Um, well, that goes for Hollis Jefferson, too. Ho- Hollis hey, Jefferson now. to handle a basketball and shoot it. But I will say about Hollis Jefferson is that so he played against the Lakers. I think he played 24 minutes, shot the ball twice, didn't score at all. Or he scored like two points in the whole game or something like that. Yeah. He at least recognizes that he's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Like there is, are, there are guys who come into the league who aren't shooters like him that just shoot because yeah. they think that shooting will give you reps and that'll make you better and you just have to shoot the ball. Mm. It's nice that at least he just, he doesn't throw it up there. Yeah. No. Like, like just some Willy-nilly. gunner. Yeah. Um, but pick one. Just pick one guy that would like, if this was going to be something that really improved the team, and let's say, I think we all think that Brooke Lopez being a better passer is like the, you know, a universal. I think that'd be my top one. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. If he could, if he get out there and, and turn, turn into one of those like, like Marcus Hall, like awesome, like four assist a game kind of centers, that would be awesome. Um, but okay, so that's yours. I'll pick mine. Um, I think. If Shane Larkin could be like an elite finisher, just like finish at the rim. Yes. He's so fast and his handle is so nice. He really just can't finish. He gets nervous or, you know, impatient or something when he gets to the rim and kind of just flips it up there most of the time. I um, totally agree with that. At Larkin was what I was thinking in the back of my head as number two on the list because Larkin technically should be a better player than Jared Jack. Just, you can see yeah. it on the floor. He understands being a point guard a little bit better. Yeah. He's less of a chucker, more athletic. He's smaller, unfortunately. He is a decent shooter, though he seems to not be able to actually score, which is a problem if you're supposed mm-hmm. to be a decent shooter. Um, if he, if he could finish, if he could maybe create a little bit more for himself individually, pull up, get that jumper, mm-hmm. it would totally change this team. Totally. And they if, get if he played more like Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah Thomas, that would be that's the ideal kind of because Isaiah Thomas is, is like one of the kind of ideal good players on a not that great team. You know, he really is uh, does a lot, does a lot, very ball dominant. Let me ask you, yeah. So we, we're talking about how this team could change and all that baloney. Mm-hmm. There's no chance this team adds salary this year in terms of just this year. Doesn't seem like it. So that's why I I went to the trade machine, of course. Hell yeah. As I do. And it seems Hell the yeah. only thing... So they're not going to trade Thad and Brooke this year, I don't believe. It would send such a horrible signal to the rest of the league. That would be bad. Two guys, especially the, the line that they sold Brooke, and it seemed to sell Thad, that you guys are here, you are pieces that will be here. We hope to get free agents next year. You guys are going to be sort of the building blocks. Joe's the only biggest piece that they could trade it is just so hard to trade him without taking back some some amount of salary it's not gonna happen it's not gonna happen no team can fit joe johnson in a contract yeah no no team wants the honor of being first in line to sign him to his next contract either like it's just not it's just not what they want to be what is joe's number going to be at next year i mean i know the cap's mm. going to go up crazy so it's so really hard to know so let's say he was in line for a, what, eight, ten million next year, given today's cap. Sure. Give that a 45% uptick, say, you know, 14 mil. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he, he could, I don't know what he wants. I mean, he could be, he's a classic, like he could pull a David West, even though very few people have ever pulled a David West, where he could take two years for, I don't know, 10 million, like the mid-level exception and just say, I want to be on a really good team. But, 
gosh. I, I don't know. I don't, and, and I don't think he comes back with the team next year. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't think there's any shot at that. Um, this leads into Chiboy. This is Luis Torres. Luis, um, thanks so much for writing in. So Luis asks, is this the greatest day of your life or is this the greatest day of your life? What's the greatest day of my life? Yeah, because we won last night. Um, and it is. It was. That, that was until today. And then, you know, every day is the greatest day for me. Just a glass half full kind of guy smells. I love it. Um, two questions. Is Joe Johnson going to star in the reboot of Weekend of Bernie's? Cause he looks like a corpse out there. Mm. Nice one, Luis. And would you guys support this starting lineup? Lopez, Young, Hollis Jefferson, Boyan, and Sly the Fox at point guard. So obviously he means <laughs> one of our, one of our crappy, but he's, so he's basically saying, can Joe Johnson come off the bench? Yes, but yeah. I don't think it matters. Just don't think it matters. I think mm. Boyan coming off the bench is just as fine and just as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as fine and just as well. I don't really know. I mean, I like Hollis Jefferson a lot. I just don't know if he really should be starting or not. I don't think, I think even if he does start, it's just, it doesn't, he's not a starter. He just yeah. starts the game. You know what? I, I do think that like, <clears throat> I don't know. Joe Johnson was fine last night, but the moment he doesn't appear fine, you should take him out. I mean, he played 37 minutes last night, had a 16 points on 4 of 13 shooting, though he did some his most of his damage at the free throw line there. Um, Honda, Hollis Jefferson, 12 minutes, you know, um, on 0 of 2 shooting. Joe's played better recently, though. I mean, it's not he hasn't been fantastic, but he had a decent game against the Lakers. He had yeah. a good game against the Rockets. Uh but I mean, no, he you bothers know, me. Where would you rank? Okay, power rankings, best players on the team. Oof, top seven, let's say. So you, Brooke is the best player. Mm-hmm. Who's number two? Um, is it that, or is it Joe Johnson, or is it Boyan? I mean, I think that's the the kind of the mix that they're all in. I don't know even who. I mean, I guess my my number two guy would still have to be Joe Johnson. Really? I, I still think like so. Boyan's great. But I feel like if he had the attention and the pressure that, I don't know, that Joe Johnson gets on a consistent basis, he wouldn't be as good. Like, I don't think Boyan hangs out or stays up to this level for 82 games where I think Joe, I mean, this level is not that great yeah. for him. Yeah, he can, he can manage his four of 13 level. That's, that I think. That's a tough can... level. <laughs> Shooting like 32% yeah. from the field or something. I think he can handle that. Um, no, nah, I still think, I feel, I think over 82 games, Joe Johnson no, is going to be a better listen, player. Look at, than... look at Joe line last night. It's, 16 points, 10 assists, 7 rebounds. Really good. Right. Really nice night. Nobody else is facilitating at, at right now like Joe is. Um, it's weird because it doesn't look like he's facilitating. Like if you told me he had 10 assists last night, I would, would smack the taste out of your mouth, smelts. Yeah. I would have beat your ass down to the ground. And, you and understand? He, and also Boyan's been getting a lot of rebounds recently, which I haven't been noticing. Yeah. Um, but rebounds are sneaky stats. Uh, yeah, because, Joe. Because half of them are like, you know, not that important. So seriously, who's the second best player on this team? Uh, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. It's tough for me. It's really tough. It's, I just don't love Joe getting that many minutes. It's all. I just wish he was our second best player playing 30 minutes, not 37. You know, if we could just, if we just spread those seven minutes back over to Ronde, I would be really pleased with that. I mean, again, Spence, we're playing for 
the goal here is 30 wins. If that's the goal, I think we could share, you know, seven minutes a game with, with Chiboy Ronde. Right. You got another question? Heck yeah, I got another question. Why? Did I just bore you or something? No, give it out. Um, okay. <clears throat> this is our friend, your friend, Jonathan Norcross. Thanks for writing in, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. <clears throat> um, who would you like to see play on the Nets D League team next year? Can we bring back Marshawn and Jorge Gutierrez? I never got the fascination with Jorge Gutierrez. I'll just come out clean with that. Feisty, feisty player. I Happy. like, I like Marshawn, but mostly just because of his demeanor. Um, basically I just want to see Ryan Boatwright on the team, but he can't make it anymore because we already released him. So yeah, it would be, it'd be Marshawn's gotta be on this team. I'd like to see us bring back like a uh, old classic veteran of some kind. Kenyon Martin, maybe. Kenyon Martin's not gonna play the D League or But that's what I'm saying. We pay him enough money where Yo, you, you basically be like he'd be the coach, GM, and player. You know who's on the All Star League or All Star game not too long ago for the D League that I watched? Melvin Eli. Remember Melvin? Eli? Yeah, <laughs> solid. <laughs> yeah, solid player. That's your. You're telling me, okay? Yeah. Now, this All-Star. is a serious idea. I'm now just thinking. Yes. Of it. So it's coming out of my my tush. Um, you're the Nets. Want to start this D League team off right? Okay. Yeah. Kenyon Martin, you are our GM coach. Because what's a GM of a D League team? What do they really do? They don't do anything. They can't do anything because I can't comment. I gotta, I gotta learn more. I gotta learn up on this GM coach player. By the way, everyone, Kenyon Martin, Mike is gunning for a D League announcer position or something. What, yeah. what were you wanting? Well, I, I think this podcast deserves to have a place within that D League team, just because. We're a D League type podcast. Yeah. You know, we're wow. Not really, we're that the good. D. <laughs> You know, we're not that good. We're the D League of podcasts? No. Come on. Of, well, of NBA podcasts. Wow. Of Nets podcasts were, Brutal. were, you know, Larry Bird. Yeah. Um, but, but you're kind of like Gerald, Gerald Green. Like you, you're in the pros. <laughs> I don't know if I'd bring up Gerald Green <laughs> this been, week. Yeah. Did what is that on? I don't feel like I've gotten, there's never they're not, enough. They're not letting it out. There's whatever it is. They're not letting it out. The the story that I was reading today was that he he comes down to the lobby of the hotel, his hands are bloody, yeah, and he asks to call a hotel, and then I think he some guy else comes down and then they get in a fight again. Very very strange. Well, that ne- that never happened to you. You never been in that situation multiple times. Yeah, but, but um, I get get bloody fights here and there. Um, very strange story. But I think no, I think this podcast should be a part of. I mean, I just it. We're naturally fit for the D League. It's a fun league, but not serious. It's not serious. That could be. We could carve out our niche as the experts of the D League. And <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's there a niche. Write that down. So tweet at us if you think that that's our niche. Um, who else should be on this Nets D League team? I'm serious. Kenyon Martin, GM, coach, player. Yeah, and I'm going to every game. Um, he could probably recruit. He knows enough people. He just got a bunch of you know crusty veterans playing for. Some get some real Ray gamers. For Alston. Some real gamers. Yeah. Bring Ray for Alston in. Yeah. What's uh? What's like Keon Clark up to? What's uh? Heck, what are all those like two thousand two guys? All up those to? guys. <laughs> we'll have Lawrence Frank coach the team. Is Hell he still yeah. under contract? For, I know he's on the Lakers or Clippers. Yeah. But, uh, no, he's an assistant coach. He, I think the Nets are probably still paying him, right? Probably. Maybe. Probably. Um, I would. I want to know how many accountants the Nets have. They get them. I have quite a few to be de- dealing out these contracts over that minute, amount of time. Sorry, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to kind of wrap up our net section. Do you want to go to the news? Yeah, but let me, let's all do right. schedule real quick. I, all right, because I want to hit this button. You got the news button? Uh, yeah. Hit the news button. No, no, no. Hit, no, no, hit the news button. 
Smeltz, do the schedule. Because schedule dovetails in the news. So why don't you hit the news button and then I'll dovetail it. It's the news! All right, this is news around the league. Wow, nice. Thank you for joining us. So, so why I said it kind of dovetails into the schedule is that the Nets' next game is the Kings, and Mm. the Kings seem to be dominating the NBA news at this point. Sure. Uh, every NBA writer seems to have written an insider story about the drama between Carl and Bookie Cousins and the owner group, the ownership group, and within even the own ownership group, there's some drama and sort of how Vlade Divac is also in the mix and he's just a happy guy, but you know, there's something going on. Apparently he, he yeah. said to someone that, you know, should we just fire Carl? Yeah. It's crazy. Um, that's what somebody said. He said, I love that. I love that. He said, he said, she said, and, and also I always wonder when they do the, he said, he said thing. Sometimes I wonder if they're almost kidding and they put it out there. And then someone says with a, someone who has a motive says, Oh yeah, he said this, but it was a joke. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a crazy situation, but, but with all of this, so there seems to be multiple sides. There's the, you have to choose what side you're on. This is the question to you. Oh, okay. Are you on the Boogie Cousins side? Are you on the Vlade ownership side? Or are you on the George Carl side? Who do you support in this battle of, of, I don't, I don't know what they all want. What do, what do they all want? That's like, what are the motivations on all their, like, what does, what does DeMarcus want? DeMarcus wants George Carl to be fired. Yeah. Um, George Carl wants Boogie Cousins to be traded. To be traded. And the ownership group. And, and Vlade seems, wants pierogies. Yeah. yeah. They, they seem to support DeMarcus, but, but they also don't want to seem so crazy and just fire Carl already, who's a super respected coach. I mean, so it, it's a totally insane situation that it's this bad this quickly. Um, I'm going to take, and so I'm so usually player oriented in any labor dispute. I'm going to pick the player side over owner. Yeah. Um, in the NBA, I think you go with the player over the coach. If there's a dispute, you fire coach, keep the player, especially mm-hmm. in DeMarcus's case. But I'm with George Carl here. Really? 100%. Wow, I love that you took off the headphones for that. Yes. That the big reveal. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's the only one who has any credibility among the three groups. New ownerships come in, yeah. totally thrown over, thrown across the plate. They fire coaches all left and right. They bring in new GMs. They fire GMs. Craziness. Boogie, who I love, you know, you know the difference there. You know, Carl may have social security. You know, Boogie Cousins fill up that stat sheet. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 who who he's playing for. That's his credibility. Moment. That's his credibility. <laughs> and that's a good. I mean, so if I was the owner, I would choose uh, Boogie Cousins inside. I would fire Carl immediately if Boogie wasn't happy. I would, okay. You know I love coaches. You know I love a system. George Carl for me, you know, had, had his years. I, I think he, he's falling, uh, out of style effectively. You know, I feel like George Carl's whole way of, here, here's what I think. Jason Kidd represents the new wave of coaching. Oh, stop. No, I do. Stop. You know what it is? It's not, it's not about ingratiating your players. It's not about, it's not about, or being a, you know, hyper disciplinarian. It's about, uh, relating, empathizing, connecting to the players. They understand each other. There's mutual respect that doesn't need to be, you know, he doesn't need to advocate for his own respect. Yeah. 
George Carl needs to constantly be like, you know, his he's it's a jostling for respect every day of his life with these guys. And that's just because he's um from from you know, uh an an era of basketball that they don't really respect that much anymore. But I would just I mean, so one I, I don't understand why it's so bad. But I would take George Carl, he's always been a disagreeable guy, apparently, wherever he's been. But I would still take him over sort of the terrible ownership group, the bad GMing that's going on. I think if he gets fired, he doesn't lose any credibility. Because I think everyone's going to look at this this King situation and say, it's just totally screwed up. It's totally messed up. That no one could succeed in that situation. Not even, I don't know, Pat Riley or Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh but I would fire him if Boogie doesn't really want to be playing under him. And it seems that Carl actively doesn't try to do anything about it. Like, it, it just, I mean, I'm not following the Kings every day, but all the headlines are coming out that really Carl hasn't extended that olive branch. Mm-hmm. That, oh, Boogie and I had a great dinner. We had, yep. we shared a lobster together. It was fantastic. We put everything in the past. We're going to look forward. We're going to try to win some ball games. That hasn't happened. And I don't, and if it hasn't happened yet, then it won't happen. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be awful and terrible. And meanwhile, Rajon Rondo seems to be getting along with everybody for no reason. That's always so weird. Yeah. Oh, uh, I've got another story. Ugh, I'll just start. I'll go do yeah. it now because this is making me so angry. Wow. Yeah. Let it up. Um, Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Darren, Darren said this after the Mavs beat the Pelicans. He apparently hit a couple shots in the fourth quarter. This is what Darren Williams said, speaking about getting along with everyone. Anytime, this is Darren Williams, anytime you can hit the last couple shots and kind of close out the game and put it out of reach, it makes you feel good. I don't like to talk about my time in Brooklyn, but a lot of the times I was in the corner waiting and watching. Mm. So it felt good to just have the ball in my hands at the end of the game and be able to make a play. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? I, mean, I, I remember you me? him blowing two very close Atlanta Hawk playoff games last year in Atlanta. And, uh, one in which he had, he took the last shot that, uh, was maybe like a 10 foot baseline jumper that careened badly off the rim. And then he made a face like, like, God, why are you doing this to me? Um, anyway, it's it's just not true is the problem with that. It's completely, so, so, and, and I think this even, how delusional he is to say something like that. Again, we've said it before. This franchise gave him everything, made him the focal point of their move to Brooklyn. You're the star. We're going to make these trades to make you happy. You have the ball. You're the head of all of our marketing campaigns. Everything is about Darren Williams or was about Darren Williams with this team. And he's going to go and complain that apparently he didn't get the ball at the end of the games in Brooklyn. And I, he even said, I don't like to talk about what happened in Brooklyn, which he shouldn't talk about what happened in Brooklyn, which is smart of him to say that. But it is insane. If you watch this team as we did, hmm. This guy was given every opportunity to lead the team. It wasn't like... I mean, is he talking about in the year that, like, Joe Johnson was, like, 9 for 11 and in, like, last second shots fantastic. or something? He was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I would have liked those shots to be mine instead. And, and, <laughs> and still, most of the time, Darren started with the ball. Not at the final possession, but started with the ball at the ends of games mm-hmm. and was given the shot to create a little bit. And then Joe Johnson was given the ball and everyone would clear out. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, stop, like, stop. For, for a guy like him to be effectively absent the entire game and then, like, be like, how come I didn't get to take the last shot there? What, what happened, coach? Like, like, you, oh, you took the last 30 minutes off. That's why. That's, You're the point yeah. guard. <laughs> this is not a Brooke Lopez situation where we talk about it. Brooke Lopez mm-hmm. sometimes doesn't get the ball when he should. 
doesn't get in the position where he should. This is a situation where you are the point guard of the team. Mm-hmm. You're the guy handling the ball. You're the guy, the primary ball handler. And you're complaining, uh, years later that you didn't get the ball in the right situation. He's just so happy that his 13 points and five assists now, which is what he's averaging, averaging is actually like, you know, somewhere in the realm of reasonable with his contract. That's the, that's, then he feels like he's on top of the world. I mean, that, like I can average my 13 and five and just be at peace with my 10 million. And that's all, that's all he wants. That's all he wants. All right. I just had to throw that out there because I, you, you know, know, it is infuriating. You know I'm following. <laughs> I have a Google News update thing of, uh, yeah. Damn. No, it is, it is, and that's exactly the kind of thing. Like if you were, imagine, you know, like you're Paul Pierce on that team and he's saying those similar kind of things like, you know, hey guys, how come I don't get the ball? Like, what, what did you just say? What did, <laughs> say that again? Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Darren. Say that again to me. Um, sub question off the King's question we were talking about before. Okay. Rank these in terms of bad situations. Okay. Kings with those three factions feuding with each other. Well, it doesn't seem like they're feuding. It seems like Vladi is not feuding with anyone outside of. But ownership is stuck. All right, so ownership stuck in the middle. Ownership mm. and Vladi are stuck in the middle. Then you have Carl pulling one way in a tug of war against mm. Demarcus, mm. and seemingly all the rest of the players. There's also reports that a couple of the other guys disliked Carl's way of coaching. All yeah. right, so you have the Kings. They're all, they also stink this year. I think they're also one in seven. Who the Nets play on Friday night? Um, the Sixers. Embiid's out for the season. Every player on that team knows it's actually probably better if they lose every game than win every game. Doesn't really seem to be that much of a future. I mean, I know they have a bunch of really good young players, but blah, blah, blah. The Nets, which is like a no hope. Or OKC fans, who in two years are facing complete irrelevance. Like, <clears throat> you're, sorry, the question was which franchise is in the worst position? In terms of bad situations. In terms of, I mean, in terms of just, like, general hopelessness, it has to be the Nets. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it sucks. I really tried. It sucks. Uh, and, but you know what, you know what I'm, I'm glad about? Um, it, it weeds out, <clears throat> and this is, this is meta. This is, this is outside of the, the game of basketball here. Um, but, you know, Brooklyn in general is, uh, you know, undergoing its own kind of transformation. The Nets, when they landed there, uh, fit very much in line with, with that kind of, uh, transformation. The Nets now will have to bank upon what other, all the other teams have to bank upon, which is just grassroots, you know, love of basketball following. You know, it's not, they're not selling you on anything anymore. They have no ability to sell you. There's nothing exciting or interesting. The people that are there are there because they like to watch basketball. And that's going to keep being the case. For, you know, we'll have five years of that because the Nets are going to really realistically be, you know, not competitive for five years probably. Yeah. Um, Tune back in later. Yeah. Thanks. Outside of like, you know, some miracle offseason that is not going to happen. Um, that'll be the case. So, uh, so it'll be good in the long run is my point because the alternative is to end up like the Miami Heat fans or like, you know, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a franchise without a, a soul, without a heart, and that's what we were. Know. What? But and with championships? Is no, that... but but yeah, but I don't know if if what they're doing right now is going to gain them soul. Well, being being like prolonged, you know, terribleness gives you a soul. That's that's the thing, right? <laughs> right, thing. right? 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 That's true. Yeah. Um, because the people that gravitate towards it in that keep tearing s- off the old skin, yeah, in, in the that's, new in that fresh state of depravity. 
are, are always going to be there and will root the hardest. Anyhow, what's the next news bit? Um, Kobe's swan song. So everyone made such a big deal that Kobe may have played his last game at the Garden. Yeah. Why do I care? Sorry. Uh, seriously. This Garden stuff is so overrated. I'm sorry. The Garden is like just, it's another building. And people make such a big deal because Spike Lee sits front row. Yeah. Why do I care? Why do I care that it was maybe Kobe's last game at the Garden? I'm not going to... I'm I'm just... That's not going to be in my top thousand Kobe thoughts. Like, oh my God, it, that that last game of the Garden, remember that? When I'm looking back at Kobe's... Mm. Stop. Stop. Mm. I don't want to hear it. I don't like... You don't love the, to, the Mecca? It's the Mecca. It's not. It's, it's the Mecca. Very average basketball arena. That's the Mecca you're talking about. It's extremely, reverence. extremely average. I've been there multiple times. Humble brand, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's special, yeah, because it's where it is in New York City, and it kind of has history, but it's a different place than what it was years ago. It's just, it's. I, not, I've never, I've never understood either, but you know. I don't, um, I'm not going to care. I definitely don't understand like the it's the this guy's last game here who basically had no no meaningful like storyline or legacy with that building or anything. I mean, what, what was the last time you heard of, like I mean, Kobe like, you know, dumps 40 on everybody, so it's like is that special that he did that occasionally at the Garden or I don't know. It's not like Reggie Miller's like I get Reggie Miller's last game at the Garden maybe because he had such a memorable yeah. playoff thing there sure. or of course a Knicks guy like Ewing or Whenever Carmelo <laughs> retires, um, basketball doesn't work like baseball. Like it, the the arenas comparison to ballparks are not the same thing. Arenas and basketball are all the same, mm-hmm. basically. Um, baseball stadiums have all have character; they're all a little bit different. Uh, yeah. They're usually around for a longer period of time, so you can end up actually kind of building a history there. It just doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't, I don't care about Kobe's last game of the garden. I'm just not gonna, I know he may care, but I don't care. Yeah. Just okay. don't care. Alright. Alright, question for you. Yeah, shoot. Cause I have my own answer to this, but question for you. I'm excited. Which NBA injury would you least like to see happen as an NBA fan? <laughs> Jesus. Um, like a spinal injury? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm sorry. To a certain, like, which player would you least like to see like the headline on ESPN.com or whatever it is. Oh. Player X is out for the season. Oh. Which would be the most disappointing for you? Um, essentially, it's a way of asking Kevin Durant or Derrick Rose. Is that? Or, okay. Or Brooke Lopez or. That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. What, what's your way of looking at it? Steph Curry would be my answer. Oh, I see. I see. I would be most upset. Oh, okay. At this point in my I life. What you're saying. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, that would, that would be bad. But like, here's the thing. If, 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 you know, KD breaks his foot again, or if Derrick Rose tears his knee again, if there's anything left to tear there. Derrick Rose, I've lost. Derrick Rose has lost me at mm. this point. <laughs> I just like. Don't. I don't really feel all that sympathetic. Does he know that? Have you told him that yet? He, he him and I have talked. Yeah. Uh, he knows. He understands. He actually, actually understands why I feel that way. Yeah. Um, I've lost that with Derrick Rose. I, I, it's not like I dislike him necessarily, but I don't care. Yeah. No, that's fun. KD though would be devastating because he's, yeah. but also he's probably not going to go to the Wizards anymore after they booed him. What? A I couple fans. This. So he came out this week and said before the Wizards game, they played on, I think Tuesday or Monday night, 
played in DC. The 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 only time he's going to play in DC until uh mm-hmm. you know free agency period until the finals. And uh he said something like it was disrespectful last year that so many Wizards fans were wearing like De- Durant DC jerseys and they have their own team. You know they should support their own team and not worry about me. And so then a couple of people booed so him. That was disrespectful. That's a weird thing to say, though. He said specifically disrespectful. And then a couple of people booed him, which was actually, I think, a good thing. Because if I'm Kevin Durant, I'd be like, he, he's used to these Oklahoma City fans that are like, you know, milk toast is all hell. Like that's, you know, doesn't get more just pleasant people. More Lily, you know. Anyways. Anyways. Yeah, just pleasant people. Exactly. Just pleasant people. That's, and this is what I'm so excited about these next five years for, for, uh, you know, Nets fans to really just get their edge back. That's what I always, I, and I've talked about this before, but I identify, uh, professional basketball specifically with heckling. I think that that, that they are very tied in my mind. Like a good sports game is one where the, the players are getting like, you know, heckled to a degree. Right. Um, that that's not true for a lot of sports, I'm told. But 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 the PC police have been killing heckling. Yeah, like when you go to a game and someone's screaming at a player, they say, "Don't do." You know, the people get out. Like literally, not police, but security guards. Oh. Come on, what happened? To we where used to we used to give it to Chris Dudley every night of the year <laughs> at his own at at Meadowlands at his own uh, home court. We just would rip into him. Well, the Nets fandom has a shot at going through with the Mets fandom went through for many years which is just no hope and uh you know maybe yeah. that builds up and then eventually the nets in 12 years will go to the nba finals but hey i'm with you Mr. Silver uh losing may make something uh <laughs> final story of the night yeah did you see about the sixers owner devil's owner josh harris did you see what happened with him what did he do uh, there, I think it was either Sunday or Monday. He apparently has a contract with a local school in Newark where he can park his helicopter there on the soccer field. All right. Um, that can pick him up from games after Devils games. It goes in the helicopter, it parks on the soccer field. There was a scheduling snafu and the, his helicopter parked in the middle of the soccer field right before or during when a youth soccer game was going on. They had to cancel the game wow. because the helicopter was the just helicopter parked in the middle of the down. field. Love that. People got mad. <clears throat> you know, billionaire pushing out a bunch yeah. of kids, sure. 13-year-olds. Um, here's my point. Shouldn't be mad. Guy paid a contract. He made a contract. Made a mm. deal. That was They double-booked it. Yeah. They double-booked it. Yeah. Actually, not Josh Harris's fault. Yeah. It's really not. I know we want to make him a villain. Owner of the Sixers. Sixers are awful. Destroying the fan base. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Not his fault. He Double made a contract. It. He's a billionaire. I'm sure he knows about contracts. Mm. Donald Trump, 2016. <laughs> I am sure that he made a correct contract. Does it, is it a bad look? Yes. Was he flying the helicopter? No. Someone else was. Where else was he going to put it? He had to put it there. That was where he was putting it. That's where he had to go. What do you, get? you can't find a new helipad on a, on a whim. You know? I'm sure it's not that easy. It's tough to find parking in Newark. Probably not great to find... Helicopter parking in Newark. Yeah. You never know if someone's just going to take your helicopter if it's in Newark. I feel like though you could, like, you know, these buildings, they don't all have helipads. I mean, I played a lot of GTA. It feels like a lot of those buildings have <laughs> helipads on the top. Isn't that? Just regular buildings? Yeah. Every day? Yeah. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Um, 
I don't know why a guy, sorry, we're watching pregame of the Jets-Bills game. Some guy walking next to Rex Ryan with a Royals hat. Yeah. Can't tell you why. Probably is the manager, but don't care. It's going to be a doozy. Real um, slobber knocker. So that's it. I'm on the side of the billionaire over the 13-year-old kids. That is my position. Yeah. On the side of the coach, in this case, side of the billionaire. I'm seeing a theme here. Okay. You going? <laughs> Privilege. Yeah. yeah. Privilege. Uh, that's taken up for the little guy. Yeah. That's what I see. Um, so let's go net schedule real quick. Okay. Yeah. Because let's see if there's anything else to add. No. Let's do this. The Nets are back. Uh, we are recording this on a Thursday. Friday night, they play the Kings. Dysfunctional bowl. Mm, mm-hmm. Uh, then it's at Warriors. There's, they're still kind of winning games though, aren't they? The Kings? I mean, really? Like, no, okay. I think they're, I think they're one and seven. Oh, okay. Sorry. Never mind. I'm thinking of somebody else. Um, probably you're thinking of the Warriors who are undefeated. That's the one. That's the one. Um, how many points? I guess the point gap between the Warriors and the Nets. Is that like a 35 point win by the Warriors or are the Nets going to win? Didn't well, we, didn't the, didn't the we Nets got them beat at the home. Warriors last year? We got them year? at home last year in a close one. Elliot was there. Um, that was a shocking, no, that's two years ago that Elliot was there. Actually, we beat them at home twice in a row. So the Nets kind of own the Warriors. At, at least at home. Um, on the road here. Hey, okay. But I do, I am excited. At least like if, if we went into this 0 and 8, I would be dead set certain that we were going to lose this game against the Kings. Um, but that's maybe not the case. Hey, who knows? You at know? Kings, at Warriors on Saturday, home for the Hawks. Uh, I'm going to be at that Hawks game. Oh, is that right? So, uh, thanks for inviting me. I'll be live tweeting it. Uh, it wasn't me. It was somebody else that invited mm-hmm. me. So it's just this other guy. Yeah, it's no, not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, okay. So are they? Um, that's a win and two losses, though. That's what that is. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you check us out on Twitter at BK. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't weigh in. Is that what you think? No, I think it's zero and three. Really? No, no, no. One, one and two. One and two. One and two. Oh, stop! If that's one what... and two. Right. One and two. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. You got to speed up. There. Check us out on All iTunes. Right, I'll start. I'll start over. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. And thank you again, thebrokengame.com for hosting us on your website. Yeah. And Brian. Good night, people. Love you guys. Woo! Show that now you can now go home.